Blog Talk Radio. Yesterday, um, today I'm interviewing. I'm excited. Um, you remember the group Oaktown Three Five Seven? They um, were with MC Hammer. So tonight I have one of the members from Three Five Seven. Um, they called her Sweet LD. I'm going to bring her on air with us now. Hello. Hello. Hi, can you pronounce your name for me? Sweet LD or the my name name? <laughs> your name name. <laughs> it's um Sue Hala. Sue Hala. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I am excited to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad to be um, here. Great, great. Now, um I was checking out your Twitter page. You got a lot mm-hmm. going on on Twitter. What's that about? Uh oh, what did you see on Twitter? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, a good in a good way. Um, okay. Well, I see your your Twitter name is is Workout three five seven, and then yes. Um, yes. I was looking at the picture, the images that mm-hmm. you have on your page. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you're doing, or that's just that was just a random photo? No, no, it is something that I'm working on in in right now as we speak. So I have two Twitter pages, and that's why I was asking which one did you see. So I was clarified to make sure I was, yeah, but I have Sweet LD 357. That's my uh, personal Twitter page. And fortunately, we were uh, given the opportunity, we took the opportunity to try to come up with um, a workout for our fans. And so that's where Workout 357 Twitter page came from. So that's Uh why I have so, yeah, we started okay. earlier this year with um, just some basic ideas on what we wanted our workout to be. We have a trailer that we um, posted on YouTube, and so a lot of people responded to that, which was awesome. And then I had the opportunity to travel to Atlanta to be part of a, um, I guess it was like a health fair type thing for the day. 
and um, they had a lot of people come out with uh, food. Like I think it was um, a raw food person was there. I can't think of his name, but he was a raw food chef. So he used raw foods to make these dishes. It was good. It was. It was. Before you guys go, yeah. It was really good. So they had a lot of people out there with, you know, how they stayed healthy, what exercise they did. And so I had the chance to go and, and debut uh, Workout 357, just the warm-up. So we did that to the new single. Well, I did that to the new single that we have out, Get Up On It. And it was awesome. So we're still working on it, the music, the choreography, the look, all that stuff. So hopefully soon we'll be able to offer something to the fans that they will enjoy. So 357 is coming out with a... Another uh, CD album? Well, I cannot say we are, no. <laughs> okay, okay. No, now let me just, because I know you, you know, mentioned to your fans, that you know, and your listeners that this is, you know, Oak Town 357, and we were the original background dancers for MC Hammer, and we right. had the opportunity to come out as a group ourselves. So the three members at the time was Lil P., Terrible T, and myself, Sweet LD. So for an actual album, uh, no, I I don't see that happening anytime soon, maybe in the future, but not right now. And the only project that we're really, and I say we're, but it's myself right now, the only project that I'm really focused on is Workout 357. So that would be a fitness, you know, um, workout for the fans who used to and still do listen to our music and work out to it. So, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. And I keep saying weird, but it's because it started out with myself and Lil P, and I'm just going to spearhead it right now. So, yeah, that's what's happening. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. Mm -hmm, Um, So let's go back a bit. Tell me how... Did the um how did how did you end up forming the group? Um, how did mm-hmm. you guys end up working with MC Hammer? And then, like you said, you branched off into your own group. So how did all that start? Um, well, for me, and it was kind of interesting. You know, this started in the late '80s, and so I met Hammer at the top of the club in the Bay Area, and I approached him to teach me how to do uh, the Cabbage Patch. That was like the popular dance at the time. And from there, we hooked back up, and I, I don't know, for whatever re- the reason that night, I think the club, yeah, the club had closed. So I approached him after the club had closed and asked him to show me how to do the Cabbage Patch. Now, let me just make a little side note. He did not know at the time. I'm so sorry, what did I you say? Him, he was not known as Hammer at the time. Oh, okay, okay. When I met him, yeah, he introduced himself to me as Stan, so that's, we were just regular people, so he okay. hadn't become Hammer yet. But I asked him to show me. He said he would. We met back up at Silks and, you know, started hanging out for a minute. And he said to me and another friend of mine um, if we wanted to be, he asked us if we wanted to be in a um, a video, a video that he was about to film. And we were like, sure. So in our minds, the only thing we wanted to be were video girls. You know, the girls in the okay. background of the cube, down on the yeah. cube outfit, yeah. that's all we had in mind. So we didn't know that he had something else in mind. So he started, uh, we started rehearsals with him, which at the time I didn't know you had to rehearse for a video, but we did. And it was myself, a young lady named Carla, and an, an ace. And so Carla and myself and ace started um, dancing with Hammer. Um, and in the interim of us saying, yes, we wanted to be in the video and rehearsing for the video, then he changed his name from Holy Ghost Boy to Hammer. And then we learned how serious he was with this whole 
video thing because he had a CD out. He was promoting his CD. He was already, you know, uh, trying to set up performances around the Bay Area. So that's what the rehearsals were for. And once Carla kind of left and the other two young ladies came in, and that was Little P and Terrible T, by the time we um, had gotten enough attention in the Bay Area and in California, then Capitol Records was interested. So um, he had the idea to say, hey, you know, I want a female, you know, I want to produce a group, develop a female group. And he had some uh, young ladies he brought in to audition. They really didn't have what he was looking for. So um, he came into rehearsals. Uh, where we were taking a break and he heard Lil P playing around on the mic and he was like, you know what, let me see, you know, what you guys have. So that's where that opportunity came from. So with her energy and her tone of voice, you know, the look, we're able to dance, we got the opportunity to, you know, develop our own talents into a music group and that was awesome. So that's how we came together. Wow. Okay. I know, huh? Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? In the eighties it was so, so hidden in the eighties, man. That's all it I really listened to was eighties music. So yeah. It really was. I mean, sometimes you have to say yes to things, but um not all things. I mean I I don't want people just jumping out there and somebody asking them to be in the video and they say yes and it turns out to be something right. crazy. You know, but Fortunately, back then, he was on the up and up, you know, and we had a talent we hadn't really tapped into as dancers and then writers, you know what I'm saying, and then vocalists. It, we had no idea. So it was it, it it has been and is a beautiful thing. That I can say that. So Okay. Yeah. So now how did the group end up splitting or, you know, where everything kind of stopped? What happened? Um, well, it became, how should I say, a whole lot of responsibility for people who were not familiar with the industry or the business or even each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the direction, I think, for Hammer changed because he just really – and, and not him singularly. When I say him, I mean MC Hammer and the Posse. That's who we were, and that's who people wanted to see. But because we had become O-Town 357, we had to separate because now we had also a recognition and people liked us. So we couldn't – we tried it for a while where we would open up shows for Hammer and then come back and dance for him, and that was a lot. Um, and it became to where we needed to have our own – you know, shows um, in our own tour and his own thing, so we had to separate. So that started it. As that started to take place, Lil P left. We had um, videos to shoot and all that stuff, but she left. She chose to leave because there were other things going on where um, she wasn't really happy with. And so we respected that, but Terrible T and myself decided we would continue on. So that's okay. what you see with the first album was the three of us. The second album was just myself and Terrible T. Um, as Hammer skyrocketed and we didn't do too bad, um, things just kind of got out of hand. And, and when I say out of hand, it was a financial um, thing. It was some disagreements with how, you know, the company was being handled, how acts were being handled. And, you know, so it on a lot of levels, things were not really going as they should have been. And so by the time... Um, it was too late to really correct it. Everybody felt the brunt of it, you know. So we were actually the first group that they released 
from our contract um, before anybody else, which was also odd to us. It was like we were the first ones here, you know, and this is this is the foundation everything was built on, so why not come back to us and say, hey, we have to revamp it. But um, it, it didn't happen that way, so we were released, and once that happened, um, me and Terrible T never had a discussion about what we would do afterwards. She went her separate way and I went my separate way. And it was no animosity between the two of us. I just think that the day that we were told we were being released, it was such a shock because we, we didn't know that it was coming. We didn't understand mm-hmm. um, that we would be the first ones released. We knew that things were kind of like, um, I mean, you know, you can tell something's not quite right. You know, stuff is going on, it's not quite right. We didn't know how deep it was, but we had no mm-hmm. idea we would be the first ones to be let go. So when they called us in the office to talk to us, um, for the most part, we thought this was a conversation to say, you know, we need to take you guys in a different direction, you know, this is the next single to release or something, you know, something of that nature. But um, basically it was like, hey, you know, this is what's going on, you know, we're going to let you guys go from the contract, this will be your last check for the month, blah, blah, blah. That oh, was my it. God. Yeah, that was it. And so we're like, What? And I'm looking at her like, did you know? And she's like looking at me, and we're like, what? You know, so we asked a few questions, because right now I can't remember what we asked, but we asked a few questions, and it I just think it was a blur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we both got up. We walked out of, out of the office. I mean, I looked at her. I remember her looking at me. There was nothing we could say. I didn't know what to say. She didn't know what to say. And we got in our cars and left. I that's, that was it. Wow. So I, I, I had no idea where she was going. She didn't know where. We just drove off. I just was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, I just got to go. So the unfortunate thing is that um, technology now would be like I would have had her phone number. She would have had mine. You know what I'm saying? And we yeah. would have thought, you know, what's going on. But it, it really just was not. We were not on on that level. We just were out of it. I think we were just too outdone to really think straight and regroup. And so some time passed, and the company reached back to us. And this was not Hammer doing this at all. This was the people that he had put the in company. charge, his brother. Yeah. So they reached back out to us and said, you know, we, we, we had second thoughts. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't have done that. Um, we, want, mm-hmm. we want you guys to come back, and we're going to do this, that, and the other. And the blessing behind it is that we had had time to think and mm-hmm. kind of gather ourselves and say, well, is this something we really want to deal with because it wasn't the best situation before? If we go right. back, are we coming back to the same thing? You know what I mean? Right. So um, it was, for me, I had a little bit more backbone. For Tabitha, her thought process was different. It was like, yes, I want to do it. Can we just get on with it? What are we going to do? And mine was different. I wanted to fight. I was like, are things going to change? Because I'm not coming back to the same. You know what I mean? Um, And they basically told me, what you mean change? What has to change? And at that moment, I was like, I can't do it. And I apologized to Tabitha. I said, I can't do it. I cannot come back to what it was. I cannot, because if I say yes now, <laughs> see, I said yes before, and it was great, 
Um, and it turned out to be, you know, uh, even though it was great, I can say that it was a blessing. That yes was different than me coming back after that and saying yes again. You know what I'm saying? I just could not do it. So uh, I apologized to her, and I just told her, I said, I can't. I said, you guys do what you want to do. I respect it. I, you know, I can't do it. And so that, at that point, we did. We separated. We didn't speak for years. Um, I didn't follow through to see what was going on with them or what they were up to. You know, they called a couple times and said, hey, you know, I got so-and-so. She wants to be involved, and I'm not going to do it. It just I wasn't going to do it. So we lost contact for some years, and I don't think we reconnected until I learned how to get on the computer and create a MySpace page. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, MySpace was a while ago. but It was. What MySpace yeah. was it. <laughs> I know. So it was long. It was. My oldest son taught me how to do uh, MySpace, and so I did that and reconnected with Tabitha at that point, um, Terrible T, and then when I learned about Facebook is when I ran back into Lil P. And uh, so she and I reconnected to do, I mean, um latest single we have, Get Up On It. We did the trailer for Workout 357. We had the opportunity to perform last year uh, in Austin for the Gay Pride Festival, first performance out of 20 years we've ever done. It was awesome. So, I mean, I've mm. had some great reuniting moments with them, you know, some great uh, memories it, just in the last two or three years, just talking with them on the phone and, you know, really hanging out with Lil P and getting to know her again. But, um, yeah, I just think that the business is different. We're all older now. And the mm-hmm. way we look at Oaktown 357, that opportunity and, and what it has built, the way we all look at it is totally different. So, wow. yeah, this is where That's we are now. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Now, do you have do you keep in contact with with MC Hammer at all? I actually reconnected with him in February of this year for the first time after 20 years. Mm-hmm. If you'd have talked to me, wow. Yeah, if you'd have talked to me last year about this same time, I'd have told you no because I hadn't spoken to Hammer on the phone or seen him or email or text now that we have text or any kind of correspondence with him in over 20 years. The first time I'd seen him uh, in that time frame or since that time that we left the company was in February of this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. 20 years. Okay. Yeah, over 20 years, yeah. So it's just, you know, that was a good reunion. And, you know, I got yeah, to see him a few good. weeks ago. We went to a, a funeral for one of the DJs that passed away that started out with us. Uh, Lone Mixer passed away on the 8th of October. Yeah, so that was a sad um, occasion for us, but it was a blessed reunion because we got to see each other again um, with the core group, uh, mm-hmm. Lone Mixer's brother, Too Big MC, DJ Redeem, myself, Hammer, uh, Terrible T, Ace, and Lil P, they weren't able to make it, but when you talk about those that were the first and started out, with the first show on Arsenio Hall and, you know, Soul Train and all that, we were there, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, wow. it was, that was, yeah, that was a lot, too. So it's been good. I mean, it's it's a, it's a good movement, <laughs> good healing movement right here. We're all trying to heal and, you know, be better as adults than we were back then. Okay. Tell me this. Um mm-hmm. 
What's one of your greatest moments that you remember as an artist, like back then, think early 80s? What was one of your greatest moments that you do remember? That just um, you just kind of think back and like, wow, or... The greatest moment for me, one of them, because there were, there were a few, but one of them was when Hammer came to us and said, uh, you guys have to record your second album. We need to schedule that. That blew us away. But mm. in the same breath, he said, we're going to do something different. And he said, I want you guys to contribute on the writing." I was like, okay, you know, so I took what I had as poems and short stories that I had written and Mm -hmm. shared them with James Early. And James Early said, oh, he said, this is some great stuff. And I said, but it's not songs. These are not like raps, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He said, no, you, you have to have a different ear for it. So there were... I don't even remember now how many. I know that um, Turn It Up came from one of the poems that I did and Come Back to Me on the second album. Those two specifically came from something that I had written uh, in a journal that I kept. And Turn It Up is awesome. I mean, it's it's an awesome song. turned out to be a fierce, fabulous video. So that moment for him to come back and say, hey, I'm going to give you guys another opportunity as artists, and this time I'm going to push you even further and now you're going to write you know what I mean mm-hmm. Crazy. and then you submit your stuff and somebody's like yeah this is great really you know so uh, it, it was it was a learning experience for me all the way through it really was wow. so that was a good one for me yeah wow I just I'm just like wow <laughs> okay um, that's all I can say. It doesn't even feel like it's been 20 years, but it's been 20 years. Wow. It's been okay. 20 years. Yep, it's been 20. I think, to be honest, my son, it's been over 20 years, and the only okay. reason I know that is because my son at the time that I met Hammer, it was right before his third birthday. Okay, okay. So and he's how old now? He's 27. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's 27. So I it's been over 20 years. Yeah. Well, it's been a beautiful okay. journey though. <laughs> yeah. A beautiful journey. I cannot complain. That absolutely. It's it's always great to um mm-hmm. go back. I mean, we'll look back and say, "Wow, we did this, mm-hmm. we did that." Just to have an opportunity. It's so, the opportunity it, is is what people have to um really stay with because then that uh, that lets you see yourself in a different light, you know. And so that's why I say yes, it's sometimes good to say yes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and push yourself, you know, just go with the challenge of it. Because we have no idea, none whatsoever. But to know that we could meet the challenge, you know, accept it, meet it, and then exceed it is crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And you guys did all know. three. We didn't know, you know what I'm saying? People tell me to this day <laughs> that they cut their hair like terrible tea or mm-hmm. they wore the biking shorts or, you know, mm-hmm. somebody had a crush <laughs> on me and, you know, they thought they were little P or they thought they were me and the other one was terrible tea or BNGB yeah. and we were doing I was like, oh, my God, for real? So, you know, for yes. me, it, it, it's twofold. It's like it's very flattering 
But then the other part is like, oh, I feel kind of old a little bit. So I have to really kind of let go of that second one to stay mm-hmm. on the flatter part. But, you know, you just realize how long it's been and where people are. And if they're watch- if you're watching television, they're still trying to do Ringham, the move that we did for Ringham, or they're doing the running man or mm-hmm. something, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, <laughs> It just it means a lot, and I don't you know I don't want people to think that we didn't appreciate it. Sometimes we didn't know um, how much we were liked. We didn't know, right. so right. yeah, I want people to know that we really do appreciate you sharing your stories and and wanting to know what happened to us. Okay. Yeah. Um, my last question is. What advice mm-hmm. do you have for upcoming artists now? You know the industry has changed. Yes. So yeah. What would you? Yeah. What advice would you give someone who wants to get out there or is in the process of, you know, pumping their CD, their mixtapes, or whatever, and and they trying to get to where you all have already been? Um, I think at this point, a couple of things come to mind, and that is for them to always be secure with their talent and not feel like or basically not confuse the opportunity that someone may extend to you with the fact that they've given you your talent or your ability, and so you Mm. owe them something. Mm. Um, That happens a lot where somebody may notice something in a person and go, oh, wow, you know, hey, I have this going on. Would you like to be a part of it? And the person says yes. Well, because you've opened the door or the avenue or created a connection for me, um, and I step up to the plate, meet the challenge, and exceed anybody's expectations does not mean that you gave me all of that. You just opened the door. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of artists get confused with the, the, the loyalty aspect of it. Remember, it's a business that you're your best and biggest asset, you, your talent. Own it, you first, before you allow anybody else to say they own you. You see what I'm wow. saying? And then learn to ask questions, not just general questions, but specific questions. What does this mean? What is your percentage? How long is this contract? You know what I'm saying? What, what am I signing up for? You know what I'm saying? So they need to know uh, that as well. So um, yes is always good, but an informed, empowered yes is better. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just saying um, that to me is is better, knowing what I've learned now. Wow, that's really great information. (laughs) That 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 was awesome. That you could take that. That's in any field. That's that's with anything. It is with anything. It's not just the music industry, but we have a lot of young people Mm -hmm. who are. they're watching their idols. I mean, historically, James Brown or, excuse me, Aretha Franklin or Michael Jackson or, you know, Prince in my case and Madonna and on and on. I mean, many artists, those are just the ones that pop into my head, but you have, you know, a plethora, a deep, deep history of musicians and dancers and singers who have come into this industry and have been you know, taken through the coals. I mean, mm-hmm. just, hey, just stripped, bare. And so we have to uh, be kind enough 
to ourselves when we come through something like that to forgive ourselves and those we encounter um, for not knowing and not necessarily asking the right questions and for them not necessarily being prepared, you know, or or right, I, what what is the word, um, honest enough, I guess, mm-hmm. to be fair to us or whatever it could be, but we have to be accountable on all aspects. And so if I'm on the phone with you as I am, which is a blessing to have this conversation with you, there's somebody listening to me who mm-hmm. is out there and a, I mean, has a beautiful voice or can draw or can dance or whatever they may be able to do, and they're eager, you know, maybe a little anxious, you know what I'm saying, maybe yeah. just whatever, yeah. and not thinking uh, all the way through. They just want to do it. Okay, that's great, you know what I'm saying, but let them know who they're encountering when they come to you. You are not somebody that's blindly stepping into this and allowing them just to take over. You know you know what you want, you know where you want to go, you know what you're capable of doing, what you're willing to do, what you're not going to do, and why. You know, because mm-hmm. it's a test to your character. That's what it is. It's a test to your integrity, everything. So you have to be able to stand on your feet at all times, you know. So, again, yes is great, but an empowered, informed yes is is even better. Wow. So I hope that helps. <laughs> That's awesome. Everything that you've said tonight has been really um an earful and it's it's I'm um so sorry if I talk too much, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. When I say an earful, I mean it's much needed. It's it's like um like you just got through saying about an empower yes. That mm-hmm. that was like some empowering information, <laughs> and like you oh, said, you. somebody's listening, somebody's gonna listen that absolutely needs to hear that. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's food for thought. That's medicine that we need for life. So, yeah. um, no, thank you. It's a blessing to have, be able to have you on the show and um, mm-hmm. get to chat with you and talk to you. And man, yeah, so um. Fine. Black Writer Space will definitely um, continue to support you. I'm going to have to get your other, I wrote it down, your other Twitter page, because I think I only have the one, the workout one. So I'll be sure to follow Um, the other one. It's at Workout357, and the other one is at SweetLD357. Right. And And then you have a Facebook page, right? I do. I have a Facebook page. It's under Suhaila Sabir. Now, just let you know, the people, the fans and, and your listeners know, I am not a, what do you call those people that just have too much of everything? They just, it's, it, I don't I don't have too many pages because I just need to have too many pages. I am technologically challenged. I didn't know what I was doing. So I have two Facebook pages. <laughs> okay. There's, I have uh, six. Oh, no, no, no. <gasps> oh, are you serious? <laughs> Oh my God. Well, because okay. I do a whole lot of different things. So, I mean, I do okay. the radio, but I'm a photographer, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I happens. just wanted to streamline it to where I just have one, and so I did the tweet deck so that I could just make one post and it would post to everything, but I forget about the tweet deck. It's, I'm telling you, so I'm trying to work it out. Y'all just be patient with me. But, yeah, okay. I do have two Facebook pages and then the fan page, so it's, it's Real Oak Town 357 okay. on Facebook, and then it's Suhaila Sabir. There's two of them. Both of them are me, S-U-H-A-Y-L-A-S-A-B-I-R. Wait, can you spell that one more time? Uh-huh, S is in Sam, uh-huh. U-H, 
A-Y-L-A, Suhaila, and then the last name is Sabir, S is in Sam, A, B is in boy, I-R. Okay, I have it. And um, yeah. tell me about that. How did you end up changing your name? Because that, that wasn't your original name, right? No, it's not my birth name at all. Um, at the age of 33, I um, converted or reverted, I think is what they say, to Islam. So okay. when I became Muslim, I changed my name. All righty yeah. then. Yeah, so that's where that comes from. But if they're okay. looking up O-Town 357, because some people Google us, and it'll say okay. Dewana Jonikin, that's me. Sweet LD is Dewana Jonikin now, Suhaila Sabir. So some people will make the connection and some won't. But, yeah. Okay. That's okay. what had happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, long as, as long as it's a positive change, I don't, I don't argue with that. Um, oh, yeah, no, I wasn't running from you. the FBI or anything like that. <laughs> Right. I wasn't running from the CIA or anything like that. You you have to go to court when you change your name legally, and they really? ask you things like that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. If you submit the application and there's a fee for it, and then you go in, they have a um, – it's a sworn statement or something you fill out, but they notarize it, and then the judge approves it after you have you have to raise your right hand and swear that – the reason you're changing it is not because you're trying to avoid some type of, you know, criminal or legal uh, right. anything. Yeah, so, yeah, it's no joke. <laughs> wow. So it was a good okay. thing. It wasn't, yeah, it was a good thing. It was a good transition. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely be in contact with you. Um, we have a couple Please of do. events coming up for 2013, so okay. I don't know. The last time you've been in Chicago, but um, <laughs> I have an event y'all got coming cold up. Weather, don't y'all? I know, right? Yeah. Oh my I can't God. stand it. Yeah. Are I'm planning serious? not to spend the rest of my life here. So, uh, well, don't yeah. try to trade to Texas because it's hot as I don't know what here <laughs> in the summertime. But you know Plus, what? You can wear sandals. You can wear shorts, dresses. You can all year round. Well, pretty much almost all year round. Okay, but so, just tell um, me where you're gonna go. Just just tell me in 109 degree weather where you're going in Texas. Just tell I don't me. No, but still, air <laughs> air conditioning is great. Coming okay. out, I'm telling you, coming out, and we had a winter a couple years ago, and I think it was what we had 14, 15 inches of snow. No, uh-uh, oh, that ain't cool. That's not cold. Well, you can't do nothing. You can't go nowhere if you wanted to. At least when it's hot, you just gotta say, oh, okay, let me get prepared to go out in this high. Right. No. <laughs> 14 Mm-mm. inches of snow, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we couldn't oh go nowhere, goodness. cars, everything. No, you couldn't drive down the street. You couldn't do anything. You just stay oh there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, see, no, I didn't know that. Oh. So, okay, so <laughs> yeah. this event that you're speaking about next year, it's not going to be no, around in May. time, right? <laughs> no, it'll be in May. Okay, <laughs> it'll okay. be in the springtime, okay. so it'll be just getting warm. No, all yeah. right, I can do that. Just let me know. Keep me posted. I definitely will. Um, Yes, we'll be in contact And uh, we look to have you back on the show soon Anytime, anytime I'd appreciate it, it's awesome Hi listeners, thanks for listening They are listening If they're not, they're going to go back and listen Trust me So um, I'm still going to post the um, flyer up on uh, Facebook as well So I can put your picture and everything And um, yes we thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with us tonight, and you have a great evening. 
You too. Blessings to you, and thank you for the invitation. Anytime. Keep me posted. You're welcome. Okay. You take care. Take care. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome, awesome, awesome show. If you missed the interview, please go back and listen. Awesome. That was Sue Hala Sabir. She is one of the um, members of the former group 357, Oaktown 357. They were the um, dancers for MC Hammer, and then they branched off and started their own group. So um, it's a great story, great experience back in the early 80s. That was a long time ago. It feels like it was yesterday. But um, like I said, I still listen to 80s music. Um, Anyhow, I have another guest coming on shortly. His name is Treasure Blue, author Treasure Blue, and um, we're going to chat and talk about his book and all that good stuff. But right now I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Have you ever felt alone? Living, laughing, and loving my way through, Sharon Monet returns with a collection of poetry that will encourage you to laugh, love, and move forward in any facet of life. With each poem, Sharon Monet uses the power of love, forgiveness, and happiness to tell a tale of life after the storm. Laughing will keep you smiling. Living will keep you inspired. And loving will define your self-worth, thus giving you no reason to doubt your future, but will inspire you to walk through it with joy. The newest collection of poetry entitled My Side of the Story focuses on the thoughts, feelings, emotions, life's obstacles, racial inequality, and heartbreak, which women often leave untold. These poetic stories written by Sharon Monet doses her readers with ounces of her own life, allowing others to know that she shares the feelings of being hurt, taken advantage of, loved, cared for, appreciated, and or enraged. For booking information and media inquiries, please contact PRTiffany7 at gmail.com or call 219-292-6266. Visit her website at www.SharonMonet.com. That's C-H-A-R-R-O-N-M-O-N-A-Y-E dot com. It makes it easier, Popping bottles, putting supermodels in the cab. Proof. Man, I guess I got my swagger back. Proof. New watch alert. Few blows. All the big face rolly, I got two of those. Arm out the window through the city, I'm a new slow. Cock back, snap back, see my 
cut through the hole. Damn easy and hoes, where the hell you been? Niggas talking real reckless, suck man. I adopted these niggas, till I'm drumming them. Now I'm about to make them tuck their whole summer in. They say I'm crazy, but I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't see me cause I pulled up in my other bins. Last week I was in my other, other bins. All your diamonds up, cause we in and did another again. Photoshoot fresh, looking like wealth. I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself. Uh. Live from the Mercer Run up on Yeezy the wrong way I might murk it Me in the G450 I might search it Political refugee asylum can be purchased uh, everything for sale Got five passports, I'm never going to jail I made Jesus walk, I'm never going to hell Control level flow is never going to fail Luxury rap, the Hermes of verses Sophisticated ignorance, write my curses and curses I get it custom, you a customer You ain't custom to going through customs You ain't been nowhere, huh? And all the ladies in the house got them showing out I'm done, I hit you up, man, yeah. Nah Welcome to Havana Smoking Cubanos with cat. Good evening. If you just tuned in with us tonight, I'm your host, Ms. Mocha, and we just finished interviewing one of Old Town 357 members. That's the group that um, was formed from uh, MC Hammer. They were the background singers for MC Hammer, and um, her name is Suhaila Sabir. Um, great interview. If you missed it, please go back and listen. Um, right now I have coming up author Treasure Blue, and I'm going to um, bring him on now. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hey, sister. <laughs> What's up? What's going on? I'm a little rocked up, so bear with me. You know what I'm saying? This is how I get down. I'm just excited. You just said... You had Oak Town three five seven. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm damn honored. I'm damn skippy. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I try to get some of everybody. I love getting the old school artists and stuff, and even authors. Right? You know how I roll. You know how I roll. I I know how you get down, sister. But thank you so much for coming on. No, I thank you for giving me the honor and the privilege to be even in your circle. No problem. That's what it's about. I'm trying to build a, a enterprise here. So um, whoever is willing and ready and, and about trying to get somewhere and go somewhere and, and make some changes in this world, bring it on. Say that. Okay. So now you um you are... Published through Cash Money right now? Yes. Yes, Okay. Ma'am. So let's start. That's a big move. That's a big move. Now, Huge. Yes. <laughs> um, tell me how you got started writing. Have you always been a writer as a child? How did, how did your writing start? Um, as I always say, you know what I'm saying, a writer is always a reader first. You know, okay. it's it that's basically a prerequisite. You know what I mean? And I my mother was a school teacher and she was an advocate of reading, a stickler for education. And I was a bad little fucker. You know, mm-hmm. when a beat 
when 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 the beatings didn't affect me, and she realized that, so she uh, did the next best thing, mm. and uh, make me read and write, mm. and and not allow me to go outside. And I'm gonna tell you something as a eleven eleven year old boy, you know, twelve year old boy. That's that's the worst in the cup growing up in the seventies. That's the worst punishment you can do is make a person stay home and not go outside. So I had to do what I had to do. And she gave okay. me a book and gave me that task. Wow. And it turned out it's actually benefiting. It actually inadvertently benefited me because um, I happen to be always good with words for for whatever ungodly reason. You can call me retarded in every other area, but you can call me genius in English language arts and 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 writing and things like that. Because you know, no matter what happens, I remember my mother used to praise me all the time and say, "Oh." Oh, the the little dumb nigga, he failed every class, but damn it, he he's he's in the fifth grade and reading on a ninth grade level. That was my claim to fame. That mm-hmm. was it. You know. Wow. Okay. So now, how many books do you have published? Uh, I have five books published and about four anthologies and short stories under my belt. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about your latest release. Tell uh, us about that. Well, my, late, my actually latest, latest re- release is through Cash Money is a book called Get It Girls, you know, and I have a, a, a present e-short that's Ebook short, electronic shorts, uh, okay. uh, little bad girl, and I have a, a full feature novel, which is going to be Best King, Apex, Paramount, Fly Betty, which is the money book, you know, uh, which is due out February fifth, two thousand thirteen. And that's the okay. monster. Which one is that? Fly Betty. Okay. I'm looking at the book cover now. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, now how did you end up getting published through Cash Money? Did you start off, tell me this, did you start off um, landing with a, a major publishing company or did you self-publish first? Of course, I self-published first. See, you okay. got to understand my background. I'm a beast. You know, I mean, first of all, I've learned the art of humans at a very early age and the art of sales at a very early age because that's all my father was, was a street vendor. So he had us out there at a very young age. In my case, that's all I knew. He taught us how to deal with people, how to sell with people. And that was that happens to be the greatest attribute that I have. I'm a big, black, ugly nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, therefore, I had to ascertain a certain level of uh, decorum to offset 
everything, and that was a gift to, gift to gab. I had to have a one gift, and that was knowing people. And I learned people at a very early, early, early age. I became a hustler, and I could sell dirty drawers to anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being that type of kid, you know what I'm saying, out there selling, knowing people and things like that, that's what I did. That was that was my gift, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, when I decided to get into publishing, you know, I, I just applied those same principles and was determined to make it, you know what I'm saying? That's all I had. Once I sink my claws, my teeth, into something, that's it. And I started off self-published. I wrote a book called Harlem Girl Lost. And, um, right, right. You know, and once I decided that this is it, I burned every bridge. There was no more recourse. I worked for the New York City Fire Department. As a supervisor, fire inspector, mm. and I resigned. I said, "This is it." Mm. I threw caution to the wind. Wow! And and I said, you know, let me listen to those voices that's inside my head. Mm-hmm. And it was no recourse, like I said. So I got into publishing. It was either sink or swim theory, and I chose to swim. Wow. So your first book was published um, what year? And I self-published in 2004. Uh, it, it did phenomenally well, I mean, beyond my expectations. Uh, I originally thought... If I can sell a thousand books within that year, I was good. But I wind up eventually selling over a course of two and a half years sixty five thousand books, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Which like to a lot of money. I didn't expect it. How many Nobody did you expected. say? Pardon me? How many books did you say? Sixty-five thousand. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of books, my Independently. You wow. Know, and, um, yeah, and and because of, as a result of that, I got signed to Random House Publishing first. Okay. This is, this is basically my second major publishing deal. Okay. Wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, awesome. I, I I don't know what other word to use. Um, awesome. So you're a writer full-time now, and you stepped out there, you resigned from your job, and stepped out on faith, basically. Yeah. And hustle like crazy and sold 65,000 books. See, this is what I be trying to tell new, brand new authors, is that you cannot, you have to get out there and get in folks' faces. I just said this yesterday on the show. 65,000 independently, that's big. 
That's That's really big. You know what's funny? What? You know what's funny? They, um, I'm a little black boy from Harlem. Mm Mm-hmm. And periodically over the course of years, they fly me to a lot of symposiums, conferences, Mm. and things in that capacity to do a lecture. And a vast majority is Caucasians because I'm like this freak of nature. How the hell did this Negro (laughs) tell that You know what I mean? Let's keep it Mm -hmm. real. They pay me. They fly me all over the country. Mm. Figure that Mm -hmm. out. You know what I mean? And that there is the epitome. That's the that's a beautiful thing. It is. It really is. That's yeah. awesome. When you can take your gift, and your gift, what they say, your gift will make room for you. So that's it. You took what you had on the inside of you, and you worked it. That's just it. Yes. That's it. We will have a lot of less people complaining about being miserable on these jobs that they add that they don't like, this ain't what they really want to do, and still be able to live and live well. They traveling, they they flying you all over the country, so what? Soon it's yeah. going to be outside of the country if you already have not went outside the country. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm humble. I'm humble by it. And, um... I'm satisfied by it. I'm satisfied. Wow. Okay. So tell me this. Um, what authors are you inspired by, if any? Or do you have someone that you consider like a mentor that you just kind of always have um, watched? I know you have your own style of writing, and you've always you you've done your own thing. But is there anyone who inspired you to just go ahead and just, you know what, let me go ahead and just, is there anybody? Well, growing up, I was into American classics. And like I said, it reverts back uh-huh. to my mother. Um, my very first book that I ever read was um, The Count of Monte Cristo. Wow. And um, that book changed my world. It changed my life because um, the heavens opened up and I heard angels. You know what I mean? It was like, uh-huh. wow. You know, mm. and um, I took it from there, going to the library and wanting more. You know, mm-hmm. I I grew up with the Charles Dickens, you know, Huckleberry Finns and, and mm-hmm. Moby Dick, and you know the American traditional traditional novels, and I just fell in love. That this was my thing. You know, so much so that even at 12 years old, I come home in a neighborhood with a book, and the older boys in the neighborhood would say, hey, they see it in my back pocket. And they'll say things like, hey, what you doing with that book you can't read? 
I got so much accolades from that, carrying that one book, that I felt special. Mm-hmm. I felt different. And it just embalmed me, you know what I mean? When most kids in my neighborhood play hooky in a park or went down to Times Square to go to the movies, I went to the library. Mm. And I enjoy myself. I love being by myself. I love going to the movie theater by myself. I don't like going on dates to the movies because it's too disturbing, disturbing. Too distracted. I like to be in the in the movie. I like to be right there. That's how I'm transfixed, you know. But um, as I got older, I got I fell into James Baldwin, Virginia Woolf, Frost, Hemingway, uh, Herman Hesse, you know such diverse authors like that because I love their prose. I love their, I love essays. I mean, I love, see, I love essays. You know, the thing about essays, it has a lot of puns and a lot of subliminal sarcasm mm-hmm. that you have to decipher. You know what I mean? I learned that in college, you know, and I just fell in love every step of the way. It's just that reading just has been my life. It's been my savior. Wow. Awesome. And I just translated uh-huh. that, my reading, into writing. Because the only way I found out, see, the thing about talent, my sister, you would never know you have it unless somebody tells you. True story. And um, it just happened so that my sister-in-law, Deborah Manson, she saw me reading all the time, and she said, Treasure, you read so much, you should consider writing a book. You would be really good at it, considering your past. And if you need somebody to write about, Right about me. And she had a compelling background herself. And that was when the seed was planted. And I took it from there. Wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, What... um advice would you have for new authors or aspiring authors? Somebody who wants to write a book or somebody who's actually in the process and they're about to kind of step in this publishing game, what advice would you give them from your experience? From my experience, and this is what I tell everybody, never write from your head. Write from your heart. Yes. And I always say that good writers have dark secrets. <laughs> you write about but that. 
<laughs> but a great writer are willing to give up those secrets. Yes. You see? Yes. You know? Yes. Yes, ma'am. And that's the premise of everything that I stand for, honesty. And I'm not afraid. See, I had a very shame-based life coming up. Okay. I held on to my secrets and, and everything because because I was ashamed. I didn't want anybody to think less of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I held on to them, and it inadvertently corrupted me later on in life. So I fucked up. I became a drug addict. I became an alcoholic. The very things that my mother turned into and died from. Mm. You know, I hated women because my mother left me as a kid. I didn't trust them. So I was was screwed since early on. So it took me a long time to wade through these issues through trial and error. And um, once the smoke cleared, not even once the smoke cleared, it was during the midst of the storm that I either was going to give up these secrets or I'm going to die. Because I, when I first wrote my first novel, it was I was homeless. I was I had all these kids, and they were taking all my money. I was fucked up, honestly. And I seriously was considering suicide. Until mm-hmm. I gave myself an out. And I said, either I'm going to put my pain on paper or I'm going to jump off this here roof. Mm. You know, I chose to put it on paper. And my very first book starts off with a girl going crazy, losing her mind. And that was that was weird morphed that right there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been my biggest seller to this day. Because I was honest. I had nothing. I was willing to give up everything. I don't care what you thought of me. I gave it up. And the passion shined through and everybody saw through it. And that book sold, that one book, probably to present, probably sold over a hundred thousand books. Wow. Wow. I definitely commend you. You got a hell of a story. A hell of a story. And I love what you said about um never write from your head, write from your heart. And a true writer has um Dark secrets, but a, a real writer is willing to, to let them let them out. <laughs> that is so true, so true. Because at first, when I uh, I have a book and I still haven't published it, it's really been sitting. And um, I'm always pushing other people to go ahead and publish and self-publish and get it out there, blah blah blah. And I haven't finished my own book. However, at first it was like, oh, I can't write that, or I can't tell that because they're gonna talk about me. They're gonna say this. They're gonna, please, I'm so past that. 
I am so bad, sad because you have to go through something to help somebody. With your story, just a little bit you just told, that's going to help somebody. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, you should, I mean, I'm a, it's a beautiful thing what you just said. You know what I mean? Because you've got it. You, you've got it. And if you can do those things, you see, because a lot of people really believe that they're elite that they're special, that they're different from everybody when they're no different from anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, what's happened to you happened to millions of other people. And it's all about a person relating to your struggles, your pain, your perseverance. And that's what it's about, honestly. You know, and um, I to this day, you know what I mean, I'm a, I'm a Facebook rambler. You know, love me or hate me, it's no in-between, it's no medium. I speak how it is because I've been lying all my life. I've been lying to myself and others. And I'm so liberated by being able to be free. Sister, it's like cooling water. Hmm. You know, continue to, I continue to do what you do. I have two groups. I have two Facebook groups dedicated to helping new and upcoming authors. So they What's the name of the group? All for One Authors, Supporting Authors. Okay. And so, so you want to become an author or publisher. And this is directly related to new authors so they don't have to make these Needless mistakes, you know. I mean, because mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something. My my quote is: I never got robbed until I got into the publishing business. Mm. True story. <laughs> True story. I, wow. I probably, I probably got robbed of maybe two hundred and fifty thousand dollars since I've been in this. Oh business. my god! I've heard Over some yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had to eat it. I mean, yeah. even from one of my partners who happened to be a relative of mine, he's, you know, I had to eat it because I wasn't on top of my job. We friends, and we cool now, but back yeah. then I wanted to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. But this is a business. You know, when you get into publishing if you think that, you know, you're doing it for the passion and you're doing it for the love, but once you step into that arena, mm-hmm. that'll take this as a business. Because I damn sure didn't. I took it as a passion, as a trust thing. Mm-hmm. No, nope. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, it was my fault. I look at my role in it, and I'm not perfect. I fucked up plenty of times. I didn't watch my money. Mhm. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um I'm looking up your groups on Facebook. You said one is called All for One. Authors promoting authors. I mean, All for One authors promoting authors. Oh, okay. 
Wow. Well, I definitely um, appreciate you coming on the show. Your story, your insights, your advice is, like, mind-blowing. Um, I'm surprised you haven't done a um, a book, something about, like, the publishing game. Have you thought about that? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I'm not technical. I'm, I'm hands-on. I'm hustle. You know, I'm I, I'm not into the technicalities, even though I have to live live the technicalities now. Mm-hmm. I'm all I'm all about the hands-on. I'm all about the human relationship. You know, okay. that's not my. I mean, the, the the technicality is not my forte. However, if I somebody come to me and tell me how to hustle, how to earn money, I can tell you. Mm-hmm. But it's just not my forte. I, I work. I work on my strength, not my weakness. And okay. damn it, I don't have a wife, so therefore. It's not a good partnership to do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all about recognizing your strength and your weakness in this business. You know, I'll get over, you know what I mean? I, I grudgingly have to do the paperwork. It just come with the business, you know, but I just keep having a problem as these people wanting to sign me. And I just can't get back into my self-publishing game again. You know, they just keep wanting to sign a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to give up a little to get a little, you know what I mean? I um, actually signed, like I said, I signed with Random House for a three-book deal, multi-mid, six-figure deal. It was a beautiful thing. And, mm. and let everybody know that, you know, it's not all about the money. Because that mm-hmm. that still actually worked against me. I wish I would have did things things differently. I would have took a, a lower advance, but that's another story for another day. But yeah. you know, after I've been with this company five six years, did a three book deal. It just wasn't me. It just wasn't who I am, and they gave me a another. They had a deal on the table that I rejected and and said, no thanks. I just didn't want to sign with a major anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get out there because I'm a hustler. That's who mm-hmm. I am. I like to congregate with people. You know, that's where I persevere. And, and that consummate, quintessential author role, stay home and just create, that's not me. That's not who I am. Hmm. I like to get out there down in the dirty. I like to be ugly because I'm an ugly brother. I like to get out there and just get dirty. You know, that's where I personally and rise to the occasion. You know, everybody is different. And so, you know, I decided to cop out that deal and produce my own book and get back into publishing, which was Harlem Girl Lost 2. That went over so well that... Cash money contact. 
And I'm talking, this is cash money. So, therefore, I mean, that deal was small in comparison to what I was used to getting. Mm-hmm. But at times you have to give up something to get something. And I and for me to attach my name to a Leviathan like cash money, I couldn't turn that off or down. Mm-hmm. See, because see because even though I can make a hundred thousand dollars on my own terms, I got a half a million dollars worth of free publicity by signing mm-hmm. with me. And that's exactly what I get. So you have to make a business acumen assessment, you know, on on decision making. And I took it. And it worked and it's working out beyond what I ever believed. Hmm. You know? Beyond. That's awesome. Yes, ma'am. That is awesome. Well, congratulations to you and all your accomplishments and uh, Black Writer Space. You've been on the show now, so you're a part of the Black Writer Space family. So uh, That's a beautiful thing, and I'm happy yes. to be here. We will definitely continue to support you. I'll be, um, well, I got you on Facebook. Are you on Twitter? Yes, I'm on Twitter, but I'm one of those ignorant fools. Oh, you know what? I, I went on your Twitter page. You haven't been on there in a long time. <laughs> you know what? Because, of, you know, I keep kicking myself in the head for that because I'm shooting myself in the foot about being just ignorant. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to start learning that first thing tomorrow morning. I'm at Treasure Rights at Twitter. Right. So you know, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get down and dirty because February fifth is my right. book release for uh, Fly Betty. Fly Betty. So yeah. I gotta do what I gotta do, yes, ma'am. Okay. And if you wanna know my website, yes, my website please give us the website. My website is Treasure Blue at Amazon dot com. Damn it. One click and get my book. I don't do websites. Okay. 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 And and your books are available hardcover and Kindle, correct? No such thing as hardcover. Paperback and Kindle. No such thing as hardcover. Okay. Okay. No, ma'am. Nobody do. Nobody but John Patterson and James Patterson and John Grissom do that. Okay. So paperback and candle. Great. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, you before, when you ready to come out mm-hmm. with yours, make sure when you come out with yours, you hit me up, and I show you. I'm gonna show you some secrets because there's some secrets to this game, and I happen to master it. Okay. I definitely I'll be hitting you up real soon then. No doubt. That's my mission. See, I was supposed to die a long time ago, so God gave me um, a deal. He said, give back. So I give back. That is amazing. Wow. Okay.
Hello? Hello? Good evening. I do apologize. I got disconnected. Hello? 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 Hi. Oh, you were calling in? Yes. Okay. I, I lost my um, guest. I, I'm, I, I hope he calls back. But did you have a question for our guest? Actually, I didn't have a question, just a comment. Okay, go ahead. Um, basically, I am. I befriended Treasure Blue September twenty second on yes. Facebook, and mm-hmm. he has a lot of posts. And he does when he said, you know, says that he promotes um, several authors. I have never purchased so and downloaded so many books before wow. in my unknown people that I would have never heard of before. And those be the best books. And I think it's been over 100 of them, but they're like 99 cents. Some of them are a little more, but when he says he does get out there and push them, he actually yes. does. Awesome. So I wanted to give him kudos for that because we've been on there like fighting every day. Wow. Thank you so much for um, for listening and for calling in and letting us know that. So that's that's um, that's hot. That's yeah, hot. Yeah, so when he's he, actually he coming great. to when he's telling you to, um, you know, get him your information, he'll push it out there, he's not exaggerating. He's the wow. truth. Definitely the truth. He said he liked to give back, so y'all heard it. That's a confirmation. He ain't just on here just talking crazy. He is he, he telling it like it is, and he backs he up what he says. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you for listening. You're quite welcome. Thank you. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love this. I love it. I just love it. I did. I got disconnected, but um, just finished chatting with author Treasure Blue, and he is off the chain. If y'all missed that interview, please go back and listen to it. He is giving, like, his own testimony, his own story, in a sense where he basically, we all go through stuff. And, and I love what he said about a, a true writer has secrets, but a real, real true writer is not afraid to tell them. So um, definitely, definitely look him up on Facebook. He is on Facebook and Twitter. I think you will catch him quicker on Facebook. But um, he is signed with a major publishing company, now, cash money content. However, he started off self-publishing. I always promote self-publishing just to kind of get your feet out there. Um, he has been through the ringer with different, you know, just in the publishing game. Uh, once you get in any field, you're going to bump your head. You're going to, you know, fall down a couple times. But he has definitely mastered um, what it takes to become a successful author, and I think that is Great, great, great advice. Like I said, if you missed the interview, please go back and listen. Um, at 6 p.m., we had uh, former, former, former um, 
member of Old Town 357. Y'all have to excuse me, my brain is like all over the place. He just gave some great information. Her story was awesome as well. Her name is Sue Hala Sabir. And um, awesome. Tonight was a really great show. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. Um, continue to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can hit him up on Facebook. Actually, I think you can just Google Treasure Blue, author Treasure Blue, and he'll probably come up come up in Google. Um, all of his books are available on Amazon, paperback or Kindle. I said hardcover. <laughs> Nobody gets hardcover anymore. But paperback or Kindle, um, I know I've been eating Kindle up. So um, definitely, definitely check him out. Um this has been a great show. I wonder is this I'm calling back in. Hello? This is Fagan. Actually Treasure's getting ready to call back in. Okay, thank you. I did send him a message on Facebook like, Call me back, call me back. Okay, I think this is him right here. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, boo. Treasure back. I lost you. Oh. I do apologize. I got disconnected. Um, but like I was just telling our listeners, um, man, that's good stuff. That is good info, you man. Wow. You gonna have me sitting up <laughs> finishing my book tonight with all that, really. <sighs> I so, got my people inboxing me saying that they. Reaching out, what's going on? I want to talk. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, um, some uh, we I had a caller on, and she was like, "Man, she was like, when he says he gets back, he really does. He he." She was like, "I I um, I have purchased so many books just by him posting up everybody else's book. People I never heard of. Well, like I said, the ones you never heard of, them be the good ones. Absolutely. Them be the real good ones. Yeah, so." Um, somebody told like me, a, huh? You got foresight like no other. Yeah. Someone mentioned to me um, a couple of days ago, maybe like last week, I was like, it has to be something um, great about your story for me to want to buy your book. And I was like, I don't feel like that. Everybody got a story. Everybody. So... I just embrace that. I love it. I love supporting authors. I love supporting writers. I just, I love it, and it's what I do. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I will definitely bring you back on um, right before your book drops in February. I would love so, that. And like I was telling um, my last couple guests that I've had on the last couple days, I'm in the process of planning my second annual Authors and Writers Expo here in Chicago. So um, I don't know. I'm trying to see who, what goodies I'm going to bring to Chicago. So um, that would be awesome to get you here. So I don't know. We'll chat and see. Is it going to be people in a place to be? Yeah. Okay, then then that's enough said, you know. I mean, yeah. bottom line, I persevere around people, like I said, you know. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to motivate me, I get mine. Yeah, so um, 
I have your contact information, and I'll hit you up. And I, you know what I love about you? You respond right away. Yes, ma'am. Everybody don't do that. So I appreciate this is, this is, that. Right. This is business, right? It is. Yes, it is. Yep, Nothing I really enjoy having you. Nothing that comes to those to sleep asleep. Right, exactly. People ask why you get up so early in the morning? Yeah. Then again, I'm from Harlem, so, you know, that says a lot. It does. It really does. But I am going to um, close out, and, again, I'm going to bring you back on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me tonight. And, um, man, I will be purchasing all of your books. And you'll be we'll be in contact anyway, so it's not like this the last time I'm gonna talk to you. Let me just name off can I can I name off all my novels? You sure can, go right ahead. Because not only am I an author, I'm a hustler. Okay. Okay. My first novel is Harlem Girl Lost, A Street Girl Named Desire, Mm -hmm. uh, Keisha and Clyde, Get 'em Girls. I have a present uh, e-short called Little Bad Girls with Cash Money. And I have a new one due out in uh, February 5th called Flop Betty. And I'm giving up secrets, and it will behoove every woman that has a man or want a man to read this book because I'm giving up secrets like no other. Your man is not going to want want you to read this book. Any female <laughs> he is not going to want you to read this book. I'm going to tell you that. Mm, okay. Okay, but I just want to end this, and I want to say this is Treasure Blue on BWS with Miss Mocha to the fullest. Thank you so much, and I will chat with you later. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and I really appreciate it, and I'm humbled by it. You're, you are welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you, Miss Mocha. You have a You're blessed welcome. night. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, sister, bye. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If y'all missed this interview, please go back and listen. Um, check him out, Author Treasure Blue. You can Google him. You can hit him up on Facebook. He is on the money. Do you hear me? You can learn so much from him. I know his books are off the chain. I've never read any of them, but he will be added to my bookshelf right now. So um, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. Um, continue to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, you can hit up the blog, blackwriterspace.blogspot.com. I've made the radio show site very easy to get to now. It's www.bwsradio.com. So you can go back if you missed it. You can listen to the show. You can listen to any of the shows. Um, we are planning our um, second annual spring authors and writers um, book expo in May. So I'll be giving more details and more information about that. And I'm trying to really bring some goodies to Chicago. So um, we'll see. I'm going to see about having Treasure Blue on the list. So um, I just love people with passion, uh, writers with passion, authors, 
spoken word artist. I'm trying to have much more, uh, a lot more poetry and spoken word at this one. More author vendors, just the bomb. We need that here in Chicago. So um, thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Good night. Have you ever felt alone? Living, laughing, and loving my way through, Sharon Monet returns with a collection of poetry that will encourage you to laugh, love, and move forward in any facet of life. With each poem, Sharon Monet uses the power of love, forgiveness, and happiness to tell a tale of life after the storm. Laughing will keep you smiling. Living will keep you inspired. And loving will define your self-worth, thus giving you no reason to doubt your future, but will inspire you to walk through it with joy. The newest collection of poetry entitled My Side of the Story focuses on the thoughts, feelings, emotions, life's obstacles, racial inequality, and heartbreaks which women often leave untold. These poetic stories written by Sharon Monet doses her readers with ounces of her own life, allowing others to know that she shares the feelings of being hurt, taken advantage of, loved, cared for, appreciated, and or enraged. For booking information and media inquiries, please contact PRTiffany7 at gmail.com or call 219-292-6266. Visit her website at www.SharonMonet.com. That's C-H-A-R-R-O-N-M-O-N-A-Y-E dot com. My side of the story. My side of the story. My side of the story.